Okay, so today we want to and uh, last week we looked at Genesis chapter 9 and uh, we said that from verse 8 when Noah and his family came out of the flood, what Noah did, the first thing Noah did was to build an altar. Noah did not go looking for uh, gold and silver. Okay? Thinking that maybe some gold or silver might have been washed into the fields. But the first thing he did was to build an altar. And when he built the altar, he sacrificed on the altar. He gave a clean sacrifice, a pure sacrifice, a sacrifice without defect. He gave that sacrifice unto the Lord. Now the Bible says that the Lord smelt the sacrifice and he was moved in his heart and blessed Noah. So in verse, in chapter 9, the Bible says that God blessed Noah and told Noah to be fruitful and multiply. Hallelujah. And we said that we came out of the pandemic and in December we gave a thanksgiving offering unto the Lord. And we're still continuing giving the thanksgiving offering unto the Lord. It did not end in December. And we are praising our way out of the pandemic. Hallelujah. But when Noah offered the sacrifice, the Bible says that God blessed him and said, be fruitful and multiply. So what is God telling us as we are praising our way out of the pandemic? When we come out of the pandemic, what the Lord is telling us is that we should be fruitful and multiply. In which way are we going to be fruitful? God is speaking to us in terms of evangelism. He says, make disciples of all nations. Discipleship means making a copy of yourself. If you are raising someone to be a disciple, you are raising the person to be like you and even more like you. Hallelujah. Amen. So when God told Noah be fruitful and multiply, we applied it to our theme for this year, which is our year of mission. Our year of evangelizing and spreading the gospel. Okay, so we link that to our mission that God has given us this year. And the mission is multiply. How do we multiply? We make copies of ourselves by raising disciples. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I told you that don't wait till the pandemic is over. Start speaking to your friends. Start speaking to people you know. Start speaking to family members and start multiplying yourself, mentoring them, counseling them, raising them. Hallelujah. That is what, what God wants us to do. Now, today we'll continue from chapter 11. And in chapter 11, I'll be reading from verse 1 to the verse 7 or 8. 
It's about the Tower of Babel. Amen. Now the Lord has told Noah, be fruitful and multiply. So the descendants of Noah started multiplying themselves. So the number on the surface of the earth started increasing. And this is what happened. Now the whole world have one language and a common speech. Say one language and a common speech. And that is the title for today's lesson. As the people increased, they had one language. God had given them one language. They spoke one language and they have one speech. And this is what they said. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in, in Shana and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks. Bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Verse 4. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Verse 5. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, this then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. If as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. Verse 8. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth and they stopped building the city. And they did what? They stopped building the city. Verse 9. That is why it is called Babel because there God confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the earth. Hallelujah. Now, when God blessed Noah, God told Noah that they should what? Multiply and do what? And fill the earth. So God's vision was for people to spread out and fill the earth. His vision was not for them to be crowded in one place and stay in the same location. Now, the Bible says at that time they had one language and one speech. So they decided, no, we don't want to be scattered abroad. We can't even trace our roots. Let us stay here. What we want to do is that let us build ourselves a city. Okay? So that we'll all stay here and not scatter. And because the Bible said, because they had one language and the same speech, they began building the city. And God looked down and said, hey, these people, because they speak the same language, 
and they have the same speech. Whatever they have determined to do, they will do it. But my plan is for them to scatter and fill the earth. So the only way by which I can scatter them and cause them to stop building the city is to change their language. So that they will not understand each other. And they'll get frustrated, leave the project, and go. And it happened. The Bible says, the people tried, they got frustrated, so they stopped building the city. They stopped their mission. Because they were not speaking the same language. When this one is saying A, the other person is saying B, the other person is saying C, and because there was misunderstanding, the building of the city was stopped. It was a very brilliant idea, nice idea, but lack of understanding will stop every project or every mission or every vision that you have. This year is our year of mission. And this year, we speak to ourselves as one people, as people that speak the same language, as people that have the same speech. Because if we be able to fulfill that mission that Christ has given us, to go into the world and make disciples of all nations, then you and I in this room must speak the same language and be of the same speech. Hallelujah. Now this takes me to Acts chapter 1. So let's go to the book of Acts. And in Acts, we are told that the Holy Spirit descended. Isn't it? And when the Holy Spirit descended, what happened? When the Holy Spirit descended, the apostles began to speak in a language that they themselves don't even know. Amen. Now let's read Acts chapter 1. I'll read from verse 1 to 8 and then we'll go to Acts chapter 3. Amen. Amen. Now what I want to draw attention to is that just as the speaking of the same language and the same speech enabled the people in Genesis chapter 11 to start building a city. And to achieve that mission, God is telling us that for his people to take over the world, amen, for his people to accomplish the mission with which he has given them, his people must speak the same language. So the first area that God changed before he started the church was the tongue. Because when the disciples speak the same language with the same speech, they will take over the world. Hallelujah. For us to take over the world, unity and understanding is vital. Speaking the same language and having the same speech 
as a church is vital. No longer the first miracle that happened. The power that Jesus was talking about was the power of language. In verse 8 of chapter 1, Jesus said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit does what? Come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the world. But we all know that this power that Jesus was talking about manifested itself in the form of a language. Why is language power? Jesus said, you shall receive power. So maybe I was thinking, um, you know, fire or some sort of supernatural thing will descend upon the apostles. Yes, they receive the tongues of fire. Or maybe something different would have happened. Maybe the earth would have opened. There would have been an earthquake or something of that sort for us to see, yes, this is power. But the power that Jesus spoke about manifested itself in a form of what? Of a language. By that, God is telling us that his people must be of the same speech and of the same language. Hallelujah. Tongue speaking is the same everywhere. Is that right? If you go to Ghana and people are speaking in tongues, you know they are speaking in tongues. You go to Liberia, you know they are speaking in tongues. You go to America when they are speaking in tongues, you know they are speaking in tongues. You know they are not speaking American, you know they are speaking in tongues. If you go to Japan and Japanese have met and they are praying and speaking, you know they are speaking in tongues. You know they are not speaking in Japanese. There is something so unique, some, something so particular or peculiar about tongue speaking that the moment you get to a place that people have changed from their mother tongue and prayed in the spirit, you know that they are praying in the spirit. Why? Because the church of God, be it in Japan, America, Ghana, Liberia, Nigeria, anywhere, must speak the same language and the same speech. Hallelujah. Unity is vital. The church cannot take over the world by being divided. People of praise cannot reach out to other people by being divided. If people of praise can reach out to other people and take over their community, we need to speak the same language and we need to speak the same speech. Unity cannot be compromised. What did I say? Unity cannot be compromised. Understanding each other cannot be compromised. Oneness cannot be compromised. We must speak the same language. Hallelujah. We must have understanding. Now in chapter 2, you know, the speaking of tongues that happened was a miracle. It was a miracle in the sense that 
As the disciples spoke in tongues, the Bible says that there were about 15 different nations or people from different 15 different nations who were gathered in Jerusalem that moved to that site where the tongue speaking was happening. And when the people got there, this is what they said. Let me read it. Verse 8, chapter 2, verse 8. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one had their own language being spoken. Verse 7. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who's, who are speaking? Galileans? Verse 8. Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Hallelujah. How is it that each of us hear the apostles in what? In our native language. Now if you count the, the people who were gathered there or the nations who were gathered there, there are 15 different nations who were gathered there. What is this telling us? It's telling us about unity in diversity. Unity in what? In diversity. There were diverse groups of people that moved to the sea, but they could all hear the apostles speaking in their mother tongue. How possible? The one that came from Egypt could hear them speaking Egyptian. The one that came from Arabia could hear them speaking in Arabic. Meanwhile, the disciples or the apostles were speaking one language. That one language they spoke was translated at the same time into 15 different languages. That those around could understand them. Unity in diversity. We are all not the same. We are all different. We think differently. We look at things differently. Our perspectives are different. But God expects us as a church to speak one language and one speech. Irrespective of our differences. Irrespective of our perspectives. Irrespective of our levels of understanding, irrespective of our levels of faith and belief, one language, one speech. And that is why God changed the tongue of the apostles. And that is why I speak in tongues. And that is why you speak in tongues. And the Bible says that the person that speaks in tongues, his mind is unfruitful. But in the spirit, he speaketh mysteries. So you are speaking mysteries. I'm speaking mysteries. And the Bible says only God understands. It's because you and I are speaking one language to God. And even we ourselves don't understand. And because God wanted to do away with our human uh, intentions and our human motives, he said you will not even understand what you are saying. So that you don't even confuse your brother. You speak, your brother speak, I understand what the two of you are saying. 
I want one language, one speech. So it will not be a case where a brother is leading prayer and he raises a prayer topic and you are standing there and saying, I don't agree with that prayer topic. God says, when the brother speaks in tongues and you also speak in tongues, you don't even understand each other. Let's to even disagree. I'm the only person that understands that language. We need the same language, the same speech. Now let's listen to what Jesus told the disciples. So we we'll go to John chapter 17. That is going to be um, our, our last verse for the day. So go to John chapter 17 and let's read verse 22 and 23. John 17, uh, verse 22. Okay. John 17, verse 22 to 23. It says, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. Okay? And in them, and sorry, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. And what happens? Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. When they are brought into complete what? Unity. Who will know? That the world may what? Know that thou hast what? Sent me and loved me as thou hast loved me. What it means is that if there is no unity in the church, the world is not able to see that Jesus was the one sent by God. The world gets confused if we are disunited. The world gets confused if we are divided. The world begins to ask questions when we are divided. But when we are one, then the world will get the message that God loved Christ and sent Christ and with the same love that he loved Christ, he has loved us. So often people in the world will ask, why is the church so divided? Haven't they asked you that question before? Or haven't you heard that question being asked before? Have you ever asked yourself, what, what business have they asking us why the church is divided? Is either you accept the gospel or not? No. They must first see unity amongst us before they accept the gospel. They want to first see the love amongst us before they do what? They accept the gospel. Now, you guys cannot say you are preaching love when you are divided. They get confused. Why? Because we are sending contradictory message. How can we be preaching love and be divided? 
Listen, they are not listening to what we are telling them. They are looking at us. They are looking at what we are doing, not what we are saying. So God says, do it. Jesus says, do it. Be one. Then the world will know that the Father has sent me. When you are one. Your oneness will draw people to Christ. Your love for each other will draw people to Christ. It is not the confusion that will draw people to Christ. It is not the barbiting that will draw people to Christ. It is not the gossip that will draw people to Christ. It is not the hatred that will draw people to Christ. You might be thinking, well, if I hate him or her, you know, what, what has it got to do with the world? Your hatred for your brother affects the world. Because it blocks the world from seeing that Jesus is the Son of God who was sent to deliver. So stop thinking selfishly. And stop thinking that your hatred for your brother or sister does not affect anyone. Your hatred or your 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 your, your you know your your anger against your brother affects the people in the world. The people in the world want to see oneness. That is what Jesus said. When they reach complete unity, then the world will know that you have sent me. Amen? We are not different from each other. Churches to stop fighting among themselves. The church next door, the church across the street is not an enemy. The church across the street is a brother or is a sister. Amen? My church is better than your church. My church is this. You don't have a church. No one has a church. Jesus is the head of the church. The rest of us, we are all co-leaders. Working alongside with him, building the kingdom. Bringing the lost into the kingdom. So we can all come together and reach out. We did it in Croydon. Last August, didn't we? We came together, all the churches went out. It's not about my church. It's not about the denomination. It's not about doctrine. The message is Jesus has come to die to save you from your sins. Would you believe in him? It's one simple message. The message, the good news, the gospel. Accept Jesus and have salvation for your soul. This is not a doctrinal debate. It is not a denominational debate. It is not a theological debate. It is Jesus has come. Accept him and have salvation for your soul. Amen. God wants us to have one language and one speech. May the Lord bless his way. Amen. Let's pray. Bow down your heads. I want you to pray. I want you to pray. Unity.